Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Make sure not to miss a single podcast and subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite subscription service. The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense. Welcome to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. I'm Ron Granary, professor of history at the Department of National Security and Strategy at the United States Army War College and podcast editor of The War Room. It's a pleasure to have you with us. The U.S. Army War College has completed, mostly, its move into New Root Hall. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to come to the Carlisle campus to see it, we welcome you to do so. But the jewel, the centerpiece, the most important place in a new academic building is, of course, the library or the knowledge commons, as we refer to it in the new building. Uh, we have already had one session where we have talked about the plans for the new building. And today we have with us two of the leaders of that new knowledge commons to talk about conducting research at the library at the U.S. Army War College. And so I would like to introduce uh, Greta Braungard, who is the Academic Library Division Chief, and Heather Goyette, who is the Knowledge Commons Branch Chief, here on a better piece in our actual Root Hall podcast studio to talk about their experience at the library. Welcome, Greta. Welcome, Heather. Hello. Hi, Ron. It's a great pleasure to have you both with us. So one of the things that we agreed that we wanted to talk about today was how we can encourage students to use the research tools available to them here at the library. So Greta, I want to turn to you first. Before we talk specifically about the tools, I just want to say, how's the move been? When last we met, we were it was a possibility. Now it is a concrete reality. How's it gone? Uh, the move is done for the library. It's a wonderful space. Um, we had a great move point of contact with one of our librarians, Dwayne Miller. He made sure that everything was on time, actually ahead of time. Everything is in order in our stacks room. We have great spaces for students and faculty to study independently, to work together, to ask questions. It's just really a great uh, future space. Great. And Heather, how's your experience been moving into your new office and your new space at the library? It's uh, It's been great. Um, we were one of the first to move in. So mm -hmm. it was definitely interesting to, to get prepared and to move. Uh, as Greta mentioned, Dwayne Miller really helped us do that by keeping us on task. And we were able to get everything done within a couple of days and, and up and running for the students and faculty almost immediately. That's great. I mean, having the place to yourself when you first moved in is, it's every librarian's dream, right? Is that you got the shelves are clear, nothing's been misfiled, nothing's being mishandled, right? But then of course the users show up and they actually insist on actually being able to read the stuff. Um, and that the, all those processes have started smoothly, I trust. Yes, uh, most of them ha have been pretty smooth. I mean, it, you know, you know, there's always a, a little bit of um, 
hurdles to get through, but uh, they were pretty limited in, in scope, and so they were easily d- done. This is great. Um, I know that what makes the new building very different from the old one is the amount of open space, collaborative collaborative space, both large rooms, but also even smaller rooms as well. Um, how have you seen, uh, Greta, have you seen uh, students using the spaces, and have you, do you get a feel for how students are using the new Knowledge Commons areas? Um, we're seeing them stop in before seminar in the mornings. A lot of them come in with a cup of coffee. Uh, they're doing some reading. They're looking at um, their computers, printing things. Um, then during the day, we do see groups coming in to do uh, some group work assigned by their faculty if they have to do breakout groups. We've seen that quite a lot where they come down and use the whiteboards or the um the large screen available in the library. It makes a big difference when the library is no longer in the basement that people have to actually find. It's when you walk into the building, you can see the Knowledge Commons right in front of you. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a different kind of experience, right? I, I, I don't know if either of you have. Uh, before you came to the War College, if you worked in uh, academic libraries before, I mean, how would you compare? this physical experience to your previous physical experiences in libraries? So, Ron, uh, I I have worked in in, uh, academic before, and in fact, I worked at uh, the West Point Academic Library Uh for about eight years. And in fact, they had moved into a new building within a couple of years of when I started. So you are good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. Um, And for me, uh, one of the things that is different and it was something that they had resolved um, years later is uh, in their new building in Jefferson Hall, the library didn't start on the first floor of the library. It started on the second floor. Um, and so there there wasn't kind of an information hub. They had to go up the stairs and or take the elevator. And so there, there was a disconnect. And so eventually they actually ended up putting an information desk on the first floor to kind of help with, with, with issues because of that. And so for us to move into this new building here at Rue Hall, to be on this first floor and to for them to be able to just walk in and, and come towards us is definitely something that, that has been, I think, very helpful for the students and faculty to be seen as kind of the center hub. Good. And so um, as, the, as the division chief, Greta, um, which I, I, I guess we all work. Unfortunately, right? I'm just I'm just a lowly professor. I'm not I'm not a division chief. Um, as a division chief, um, how does the library fit in, uh, organizationally within the larger uh, academic operation here at the War College? Uh, so the library is part of the Army Heritage and Education Center. Uh, so we actually have two locations of our library. We have the one in the academic building in Root Hall, and we have one in the um, what I'll call the AHEC proper, which is just off post. Um, within the two locations, we have portioned out the collection into primary sources are mostly located in the AHEC proper. And the more current resources, current periodicals, books, and textbooks are in the academic building. Gotcha. Well, and that's good. That moves us into the one of the things we wanted to talk about today was when students want to conduct research here in the, in the main academic building, um, what tools are immediately available to them here? So... There's quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. available, Ron. <laughs> uh, and so one of the things that, that we wanted to highlight is our journals and journal searching capabilities. Something new that we 
purchased this year is a program called Browsing, which allows the students to browse our journal collection through the internet. And so what they can do is either browse by subject or or they can look for specific titles. And what it gives them the ability to do is when they find the volume or the article that they're looking for, it clicks right onto that and they get it to the PDF where they don't have to uh, get linked to EBSCO or ProQuest. It, It automatically pulls it forward for them without having to go those extra steps. So that is one of the the new tools we have. We also have what's called LibKey. And that tool is more of a search if you put down only the digital object identifier uh, or that link, you can do a search for that and get back to that article that you might have been um, putting into a word list to to look at later. Mm -hmm. So those are two of kind of our biggest tools that we've started with this year. And then the third is called LibKey Nomad, which is a, an extension that you could put onto your personal computer for the browser. And what that does is allows you to, if you're searching, for example, Google Scholar or you're in Wikipedia and you're looking at a, a reference list, it will tell you if we own it. Really? And will allow you to um, access that article either as a PDF or link to where it is. Uh, immediately without having to go into any of our other tools. Wow. And so are these then available to the students um, once they've logged into the uh, once they've logged into the library website or uh, what is the the primary login if they don't have to they don't have to go and find each of these different uh, uh, find each of these different databases if they can just go to this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they how do they how do, how do students get into it so that they can use it and not uh, so anybody if- else? For their first session of the day, um, they would need their their library username and password mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. for the databases. And once they're in, usually for that session, then they can go and access it where they don't have to keep uh, putting in the login. Fascinating. And so the idea then, Greta, is these tools make it possible for students uh, to go right to or or to. I, I like. I'm thinking about this idea. It's one of the one of the challenges when you're doing research is if you're not 100 percent sure whether the journal that you're looking up will be in JSTOR or an EBSCO host. And so you have to go to each one um, or you're you're just not sure at all. And so you just type in the information. And so, but this then, how is it possible that this one site does that kind of searching for them? Or, or just, we should just assume that it does. Yes. It, <laughs> okay. um, library magic. Uh, <laughs> and for a tool that is not... Um, cost prohibitive. It is a very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather brought this idea last year. Um, and immediately we said we needed to get this tool for our students and faculty because it is such a useful uh, product to connect them directly without having to go into each database to find where a journal resides. Mm-hmm. See, I, I can't help when we have these conversations. Uh, I can't help feeling a little old because I remember having to uh, having to look up, you know, what, it was a big deal when we were able just to find the listings. But if you actually wanted to get an article, you then would have to go. Like I remember when it was a big deal at my university and graduate school late in the previous century when you could order an article from a journal that the library didn't hold, right? And you would get it as a physical copy. But now I understand that um, any of these journals, we can just get them as PDFs and then we can download, copy, save, print out whatever we want to do with them. 
Uh, yes. Um, so we have multiple journals that we directly subscribe to, mm -hmm. which you'll find within browsing. There are some we we don't have, whether they're a bit out of scope or cost prohibitive. So we have uh, interlibrary loan service. Um, you can use the form on our website to request journal articles, books, other materials. Um, it's very easy to put the request in, and our interlibrary loan technician is very quick at getting those resources. Roger. And these are these are online tools that, uh, obviously, if you're in the building, you, you could log into the internet uh, simply, but could students also do these things remotely as well, or does one need to be uh, does one need to be in the building to access? No, you 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 can use it anywhere. Um, so if you're at home or if you're TDY somewhere, you can use these resources by going to our library page into the list of databases, and you'll see like Browsing and Libgee uh, in that list. Um, also for just to go back for a minute. So for, for the interlibrary loan, once you're in browsing, you'll you'll see some journals that, that we may not have full text access to, but it will tell you that you can put in a request through there as well for the interlibrary loan. So there's multiple ways for everybody to get access to material. Okay, so that's, so that's access to journal articles and journals. Mm -hmm. um, and then similarly through books as well, through um, does do these same tools that you've already mentioned work for books or do we use a different searching function? Function to find books. So books is definitely a different searching function. And right now we have two ways to do that. One is through uh, what we call ARENA, which is what searches our local collection of material, whether it's books, um, archival material, and uh, objects are all in one search. Right now we're doing a lot of um, digitization to, to put more and more online. So that is the main area to go to for that is ARENA. We also have what's called OCLC um, search tool. It's a discovery service that we use, and that is the one where we um, combine all of our database searching into this. It's also um, a lot of the ARENA availability is available in the discovery tool. The only difference is is for arena it'll give you the call number for the local area but for in the discovery tool you won't see the call number so that that's kind of the only difference right now we're hoping to at some point uh to try to combine everything into one search so that you don't have to use two separate tools that's fair and of course but when i'm dealing with archival material right i won't find that here in the academic building that those are over in as, as uh, greta put it in in ahec proper or the let's say the larger ahec uh, uh, building with archives. Um, if I'm dealing with primary source material like that, um, I have to uh, I have to go over to AHEC, make an appointment, and they don't leave the building. Correct. For archival material, no, they don't leave the building. Um, for books, some may be able to be checked out. Um, it depends on uh, availability. So, so, but for the archival material, yes, you do have to make an appointment um, and you can do that online. Um, usually we have to have a week's notice. If it's quick material, it could be something that, that you guys can go over there and uh, check out immediately if it's less than five. Um, Right, but if I want to, if I want to go uh, look through a box of uh, of Tasker Bliss's papers, I should I should plan to settle in at a chair and uh, and and get down to business. Yes, yes uh, right. definitely, because it, it it'll take us a little while to compile right. the, those uh, boxes for. 
Well then, uh, so what other tools then, you know, would you recommend for students to, to try out or, uh, when, cause we're getting into student research project season here at the war college. And so, um, where else can we go? Go ahead, Greta. Um, so you were talking about the AHEC proper mm -hmm. and making an appointment there. We actually have about 22,000 linear feet of archival material. Um, so there is quite a lot of primary source material, uh, and primary source and archival does not always mean old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, some of it is contemporary uh, materials. So making that SRR appointment that uh, was advertised during our open houses and during uh, Colonel Shine's SRR uh, in briefing, that's really a great way um, to find out if those primary sources are relevant to your topic. And also uh, with the primary source material, we've started creating um, LibGuides oh, okay. uh, mm -hmm. that we've curated with uh, many topics that includes not only uh, the archival material uh, or primary sources, but uh, a, a curated collection of books and articles and websites and think tanks that may be useful for the students on their topics and for faculty, especially with the IRPs that, that are going on. Um, in fact, we're working with one of the IRP groups now for potentially a new uh, libguide on Polar. Ah, yeah. And so, so we're constantly looking to update and make sure that we provide uh, research material for uh, the War College. Recently, we, we've sent out another request um, or an alert that talks about the SR and IRP appointments that you can make. So for students who are doing SRs, they can make one-on-one -on -one appointments that are about 45 minutes apiece. Um, for the IRP, we can do group appointments depending on the topic. And um, so we, we have a lot of availability. We have a, a great group of um, staff this year that are working on it. We have about seven people that are making appointments and we've already gone through about 65 appointments so far in about six weeks. Um, so we, we've done uh, quite a bit already for the students. This is good. And so the LibGuides, are they, uh, are, are they grouped? If I go to the, if I go to the library webpage, will I find a link to the LibGuides? And then are they searchable by topic or, or I don't know how many are there? Like would I just scroll through the page to see the titles of them? So from, from the library webpage, there is a link on the left tab that talks about the bibliographies. And once you click on that, there is a listing of the bibliographies in alphabetical order. We've got over a dozen right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. All right. Good. So, but so enough enough to be helpful, but not so much that somebody wouldn't be able to find what they're looking for, right? Or they'd be able to know. Correct. And are you uh, for for any faculty um, who are listening on this? Um, are you open to suggestions for future libguides if people are also willing to to provide some of the materials too? Of course, <laughs> uh, we we've had uh, several faculty reach out and request. Uh, information to be added either in existing libguides or in creation of new ones. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, we also try to keep an eye on what topics we think would be useful for libguides. Uh, we put together most recently a data libguide mm -hmm. and an AI libguide because we knew that we were going to get many questions on right. those two topics. So we proactively went ahead and had the team put those together and they did a great 
um, efficient job in putting those together. It's that that ability to to think in and to extrapolate from the past to the future is what we encourage our students to do. But librarians have to do it too, right? You get a sense of what topics people have been doing and what they're likely to want to do in the future. Do you get any specific guidance? Does anybody tell you right? Be ready for students to look at X or Y, or is this this is you generate these ideas on your own? Um, so we attend. Uh, academic board meeting. We attend the School of Strategic Land Power Leaders meeting. We also attend the Curriculum Committee, Electives Committee. So we try to inject ourselves into those meetings so that we know what subjects are on the horizon. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the, the biggest challenge ahead of the library for helping students conduct research? Or just the biggest challenge in front of the library, full stop? They time and money. Time and it's money. <laughs> the same as everyone's Same challenge. as everyone else, right? Yeah. Um, databases keep increasing cost. Mm -hmm. uh, journal subscriptions increase cost. Um, we, at this point with seven people, we believe we can handle many of the students' SRR appointments. Uh, I'm not sure we could handle all the students' SRR appointments. Mm-hmm. So we want to highlight again those IRP group appointments. Do you do you have data on on how many how many individual appointments you did last year? Like I mean, if you say you've done about sixty five so far, uh, what what do you reckon is a the number of students who actually come and ask for an individual appointment? Are we looking at. So yes, it, we do have data on that, and in fact. Um, we were just reviewing that recently. There was between, uh, well, for the single SRR appointments, it was about 197. Okay, okay. So roughly half the, the student body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you can handle that. It's one of those, it's one of those challenges, right? Is that you, you want everybody to come if they want to, but you don't know that you could actually deal with all of them. It's sort of fractional reserve banking model of, uh, of, of research capability. But if you had enough people, of course, you'd want all the students to come in. Um, and, and so it's, so it is just a matter of, of capacity. It is a matter of capacity and, and some of the ways that uh, we've tried to help mitigate that is with our DART program. Mm -hmm. And so there's been specific sessions that we've done this year already on uh, basic researching, government documents and things like that to help uh, reach out to those that, that may not make individual appointments so that they have an opportunity to to. Uh, find some information for their topics. And government documents I could uh, are accessed through the through the library webpage can be accessed remotely can be accessed here. Right. I'm thinking government documents as primary sources other than the archival holdings at AHEC. Correct. Right. We also usually direct them to um, Congressional uh, Research Service and Government Accountability Office um, for reports as uh, and also one of our really big um, tools that, that we direct people to is the Homeland Security Digital Library, which was created by the Naval Postgraduate School. Hmm. Um, and they have a lot of government documents uh, pulled through their, their service. Mm -hmm. Are those, are, are databases like that, are they available to the general public or are they, is that a special privilege of students who are uh, within the professional military education realm? So most of that material that I just mentioned is open source material. Hmm. And so anybody anywhere can access that. I got you. Gotcha. Um, so, before we before we send you both back to the library to to field the next wave of of, of student requests, um, we in our first session, right, we talked about 
moving in, about wanting the students to feel welcome, about um, about you know, providing open house uh, opportunities for the students. What do you see going forward as ways to sort of of continuing education to continue to bring the students back, or not just for for the new year next year, but just during the course of the year, in case students during that first rush at the beginning of the year missed out on all the introductory stuff, right? Do you offer sort of uh, continuing education introductions to students over the course of the year? I think the SRRs, um, those appointments are a great opportunity to um, remind or educate if they weren't able to come in the first time. The DART programs are recorded. Oh, they are. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have almost 10 uh short videos on our USAHEC YouTube page that talk about some of those short, easy things um, that people may need a reminder on, like, how do I log in? Mm -hmm. um, no small thing. Right. <laughs> how do I access uh, the Chicago Manual of Style, which we have an online version of? I, I'm drawing a blank on some of the other videos that we have. We have additional things like like how to um, use Overdrive, mm -hmm. which is our one of our ebook resources, and um, how to uh, use Arena is another one. Um, because with the more material that we keep uh, adding to the collection, it, it makes it a little harder to find material. Sure. And so you know there there's always um, new resources or, or ways that we try to help them to narrow down their search. Um, we also welcome them just to come up to the desk and ask questions. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, uh, you know, we're always eager to, to help them out. And so if they don't have these opportunities to go to some of these other sessions, they can always just come up to the desk. And most of us are available to help talk to them about their research and how to find things. Right. That's the important thing, right? There's no entrance exam that they had to have to have passed in order to get into the library. They're always welcome to come in and speak to you, Heather Goyette, or you, Greta Barngard, or whoever other, whatever other uh, friendly people are sitting at the desk. And of course, they should, students should check out the videos on YouTube. They should also, hopefully, if they've been listening this far, they actually learn some things listening to this podcast and they can always rewind it and listen to it again so they can find out more stuff. Um, it's been a delight to have both of you here on A Better Piece to talk about the library. I hope that uh, you, that uh, you will we'll, we'll see you again to talk about more things that you can do. Um, so, and who knows? We might be able to celebrate someday having more time and more money for, for doing things, right? You know, a, a, a fella can dream. And, um, but uh, but uh, good luck of, you know, managing this new fantastic space and good luck managing the obvious flood of students who are going to come after listening to this conversation, right? So thanks. Thanks, Greta. Thanks, Heather, for being with us on A Better Peace. Thank you, Ron. And thank you all for listening in. Please send us your comments on this program and all the programs. Send us your ideas for future programs. We are always interested in hearing from you here at A Better Peace. And please take a moment to research your conscience and understand that you need to subscribe to A Better Peace. And after you have subscribed to A Better Peace, please rate and review this podcast because that's how more people can find out about us. And the more people who find out about us, the more we can continue to grow this community for conversations like this one. So even though this conversation is over, we look forward to welcoming you to the next one. And so until next time, from the War Room, I'm Ron Granary. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. 
The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.